0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
2: Do you think you could eat only Irish produce for an entire month? Just Irish fruit and veg? Only go to restaurants or coffee shops or places for lunch that just use Irish produce if you're going to have a drink? Has to be has to be just Irish. If it's something you think you could do, then you'll be interested in the campaign being launched by Farmer Lisa Fingleton, who's uh, with me on the program today. Because Lisa is actually challenging us to try and take part in an Eat Irish Only Produce Month, and she wants us to just think harder about where what we're eating and where it actually comes from. Uh, Lisa, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andrea. How are you doing? Not bad. Why is this campaign um, something that you, you want us to all take part in, Lisa?
3: Well, I suppose like, I've been farming since I was a child and now I'm farming in Ballybunion County Kerry. And, you know, more and more, I suppose I walk a lot with farmers and I see that farmers are really struggling to uh, produce Irish food I mean look at in Ireland we have fantastic beef lamb and dairy we all know that but vegetable growers are really being squeezed out in Ireland uh, with low-cost vegetables and everything I just thought is there anything I could do to kind of support them or to highlight the fact that we've all this fantastic particularly vegetables in Ireland and and what could we do about it
2: are we importing more fruit and veg than probably a lot of us are aware of Oh, absolutely. Like only 1% of Irish
3: farms grow vegetables and that's the lowest in the whole of Europe. And like the the numbers are just shockingly tiny in Ireland in terms of what we're producing. And it, it doesn't really make sense because we have the soil, we have mm. certainly got the rain yeah. and, you know, we have pretty, pretty good weather. But it's, it's um, look, there's a number of different factors and I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, below cost selling. They, a lot of people just can't compete with the, you know, the 49 cent vegetables. So therefore it's just cheaper to plough sometimes your field of carrots back in the ground because you just can't compete. And that's, I suppose, one of the things that that really concerns me. And you know, like, I mean, a lot of people are probably looking at Pakistan, a third of Pakistan underwater in terms of climate change. And I'm trying to think, is there anything we can do? simple, like, because we all have to eat. Is there anything we can do as a climate action? Because I think when I look at that, Andrea, like the farmers in Pakistan, and I'm thinking they've lost you know, their homes, but they've also lost their animals and their crops and their seeds. And, you know, I just think, we really need to, if we want, I suppose, food security and we want to be a resilient community going forward in terms of climate change, we need to take action and we need to support farmers and growers.
2: But how how easy is it to, to take part in your month long campaign, Lisa, because I'm actually going to, I'm going to try it for at okay. least a week. Yeah, I am definitely. And I, I made the commitment to the team here and I said, I'm going to do it. Um, and I want to see how, well, I, I mean, I imagine it's going to be a lot more difficult than I think. If I want to go for food somewhere or go for lunch, you know, like realistically, how many restaurants and cafes have just got Irish produce, even from the herbs, everything in the kitchen? Yeah, no, it
3: is, it is, it is, it is difficult. And what I tend to do is I suppose what what you could do, what I tend to do is I tend to ask restaurants in advance. Like I'm on my way to Dingle now and uh, I put it up on Instagram, you know, who can cook for me, you know, who can yeah. cook me And in fairness to the Blaskett Centre, they're cooking me a meal on Friday. There's a group of artists and environmentalists who are going to do a potluck tomorrow night. So I still have a few gaps in the the menu. But, you know, I think sometimes just asking people, can they do it? Will they do it? Because a lot of people do have Irish food. Like they do have maybe potatoes. They do have meat. And to be honest, sometimes I've gone into hotels and I've said, listen, what have you got? And they're really delighted that I've asked. Mm. You know, they might have well, one of the hotels here in in, in um, truly has bees on the roof, you know, they have their own honey. So I think the more we ask questions, the better. But what I tend to do for the food challenge, and you'll probably find this as well, you end up cooking stuff, preparing stuff from scratch. Like I unfortunately love eating, but I'm not a great cook. So right. this is really a challenge for me. <laughs> well I like, love eating. Food. I'm
2: really good at <laughs> it actually. <laughs> well, I, I'm really good yeah, at eating too love it. I need someone to cook for me. <laughs> Lo- love food. But I'm really interested yeah. in, in, in just I suppose the, the experiment, you know, and, and particularly in like actually going somewhere for something to eat maybe at the weekend. And look, maybe that's a call out Lisa we'll we'll put to um to restaurants across the country today. If it's a case that you serve and you use just Irish produce only, that's it. Nothing else yeah. in your dishes has to come uh, from with somewhere across the island. Let us know today. 53106 is the number. because, Or you can drop us an email either, com. We do want to give a shout out to the places. And more importantly, I want to know where I can go, Lisa, when I do try yeah. to do um, the campaign in, uh, in in the next week or two. But what tips have you got for me? Well, first
3: of all, I got to lead to restaurants. They don't have to have the whole Irish menu. But what they could do is let us know if they've got a dish that they're prepared to offer. I'd love to see restaurants across the country have a local dish, like saying, we're going to do this, especially for the 30-day food challenge, there's going to be a dish here that's exclusively Irish. So they can do they can make something really cool. I think that's what's going to happen on Friday. So what I would say in terms of tips for people is look in your, look in your fridge and look in your presses and just see what's coming from the island of Ireland. But so this is specifically about ingredients, you know, mm. what ingredients are coming from the island. And like buy stuff that's in season because I managed to get um, a big bag of oats. Now, I'll turn into an oat after the end of this, but anyway, <laughs> I bought a big bag of oats uh, from the Merrimale the other day in Leeds because they have fantastic oats and I made, like, I have a porridge every morning. That makes your, you know, that right. easy. Porridge, bread. You can even make oat milk from the oats, like, believe it or not. um, You can make fantastic flat I don't know about you, Andrea, I have a wicked sweet tooth. So I make More my flat with just honey and oats and butter and look around, like, this is a brilliant season for apples. There's loads of tomatoes. I was saying to, to some students were asking me about it and they said, even if you know a farmer, ask, can you volunteer? You might not have a lot of money, but ask, could you volunteer a few hours in exchange for courgettes, tomatoes, apples, everything that's in season? Uh, because that's a really good way of getting to know farmers or even if there's a community garden near you, a farmer's market, you'll be able to get um, what's in an season and that's the cheapest way of buying food as yeah, well but, because but there is you
2: know, a, there's a glut. There, there is a sort of notion though then that that often makes it more expensive though, Lisa.
3: People, people always ask me that with a food challenge, you know, and I, I sometimes I laugh because I think we spend, people spend a thousand euros on a phone. That was the yearly income we had for vegetables or food, you know what I mean? And we don't question it. And somebody said to me, oh, but look, I can get my very cheap carrots, which, look, people are really struggling and I understand that. But at the end of the day, I always say there is no such thing as cheap food. If you are buying a very cheap chicken or a very cheap, if you know nobody could possibly be paid to produce, then either the chicken has a very bad life or the grower has an impossible life. Um, so I suppose what, I, what I'm trying to do is say, could we enable growers and farmers to actually sustain themselves in the face of climate change and keep producing food in Ireland? Because unless we support them, mm. it's not going to happen. And, you know, we have a minimum wage in Ireland. We're often buying food from countries buying avocados from Brazil where we know the Amazon is getting cut down or maybe buying tomatoes from different countries where we know the people are working in kind of slave labour conditions to produce the food. So I suppose it's just thinking about what kind of world do we want? There's a great expression that says every euro you spend tells the world how you want it to be. So whether you've got five euros or 10 euros or whatever you have just in this month even if you could just do one meal a day yeah. buy Irish oats and have it for breakfast then you're doing the 30 day food challenge
2: So how, how are you get? how many days actually are you into it Lisa you're just obviously oh, five, five five okay and day how, are you, how are you getting on?
3: Well to be honest now I'm getting on a lot better than I would in previous years because <laughs> we had I was terrible sweet too and we had um, we have honey and hides for the first year so um, I actually have my own honey so that's like just ridiculously brilliant because I can make my own flapjacks and I drizzle the honey on everything. Um, so that's great. And then we grow, so we would grow a lot of food and we have fantastic farmers around us in Ballybunion who grow food. So look, at it's, 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 it's much better. And I'm a bit more organized. I have a box mm. full of food heading to Dingle now. Um, I have my own grapes, tomatoes, everything in the, in the thing. So I think it's preparation is key. You know, and I suppose, I don't know about you, but like I find I'm flying around half the time. I'm grabbing snacks here and there. Yeah. I passed the petrol station. You know, I'm dying to one of those little pastries and I couldn't have it. But I had a flapjack in the car.
2: You had so brought I the say. stuff with you. Why would you? So for the entire now, the rest of the month, if you're wherever you're traveling, will you, will you ring ahead to see if places have Irish, you know, Irish only dishes or something you can eat when you stop somewhere?
3: Um, well, I'll either bring it with me or I'll check. Like, I'm going to be at the Ploughing Championship drawing for three days and I'm really hoping that people will rise to the challenge and make sure they see yeah. me. Um, because, you know, like, you can't really have a burger because there's a, a bun and all our wheat. And most, not, not all, but a lot of our wheat is, is imported in Ireland. So... um so the burger buns kind of are out then, are they? They're out, yeah, I'm afraid. Right. Um So, you know, but like, there's great salads and you can usually have a lot of salads. And to be honest, most people... They're really into it. Like people who run restaurants are foodies, you know, they want to support food. And so I've often gone, literally, last year I said, look at any." or not last year, the previous time I was there, um, I said to them, can you prepare me a salad that's just using your Irish ingredients? And they did. Did they? You know?
2: Well, I was there so for so yeah, three days, I couldn't tell you what. You <laughs> Say it again, <laughs> I'm only after coming back from EP after three days of it, and I, uh, I, I definitely wouldn't have fancied going up to any of the food counters to ask them to make me an Irish produce only meal. I would have thought they were far too busy. But
3: yeah, and like I, I remember going around to um, chip bands late at night one year and asking them where their chips were from, and they kept they all checked the ba- the bags, and the, yeah. none of them were from Ireland. And yet we were like we're a massive producer of potatoes, but we're importing all our chips. Like it just, I suppose it's just to make people aware. Because, you know, oftentimes mm. people are critical well, of farmers and growers, yeah. but like th-
2: they can't survive unless we support them. The, the main point coming in actually from listeners on the text line today is, you know, people talking about the fact that they'd like to do this and, you know, the, the, they like the idea of it and the motivation behind it. But like as this text says, I'll buy the cheapest produce I can find. Why would I pay more to support Irish growers? Another listener, very few could afford to sustain this over a long period of time. Another listener again talking about the, uh, the wages here are more expensive to pay than importing some of the uh, the products that you're talking about um i'm going to try it for a week but have i mean in terms of buying like what are the i suppose my my, my go-to stuff that i can can have quite easily lisa
3: well i think i'll, I'll talk to you just that in a second but i think what what we're doing this year is like i generally do it you know i try to do it 100 i do all the meals but this year we're inviting people just to do one meal a day because your listeners are right like it is you know, it's it will cost yeah. a little bit more. It's it not not necessarily like I bought a huge bag of oats um, in bulk. So it cost me far less. And if people cook, like the energy prices are going up. So why not make a bit of crack out of it? Have, a, you know, a shared meal, bring people over, cook together. Because a lot of us are cooking on our own or cooking for two people. You know, make a meal together. Like I'm going, for, as I said, a potluck in Dingle tomorrow night. So everyone will just bring one dish have a picnic, you know. Well, it's not in a hurricane as there is today now, but, you know, have a picnic. So, the yeah. go-to things are, the go-to things that are really affordable and in season at the minute are the oat milk, sorry, oats, honey, tomatoes, salads, abundant at the minute, courgette, onions, garlic, um, beef, lamb, dairy, as I said, is always it's pretty you know around here, and um, yeah, and and a lot of the times it, it isn't any more expensive. Like I won't spend any more money on food this year than I would normally, or this this month partly because
2: I'm eating everything that's in season. Okay. Well look, we're asking restaurants um, and not even just listeners get in touch with us today if it's a campaign or something that you've tried previously, if there's uh, any, well, any good places to eat around the country that just use um, Irish produce. Text in from a listener who says, is it honestly in Carrick and Shannon, Strandhill and Sligo all produce from their own farm in fact as well says this texter. Keep the messages coming into us 53106. Lisa, I will check in with you maybe in uh, the coming weeks to see how you are getting on and I'll uh, let you know how I'm getting on as well when I do try the week long campaign that is Organic Farmer there at Lisa Fingleton lunchtime live at newstalk.com that's the email address if you do want to get in contact with us if you want to join us here on our lunchtime Irish produce only journey
0: lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan on Newstalk brought
2: to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again Uh, we were talking about um, eating nothing but Irish food for a month. It's a new campaign that's been launched for uh, the month of September. And I spoke to the organiser, Organic Farmer, Lisa Fingleton on the show a little earlier just to tell us about the campaign, why she wants more people to do it. A lot of listeners getting in touch with us about this today, actually. Alex is on the line. Um, Alex, is it something you think that you could do?
0: Um, well I I actually what, what piqued my interest really with it was uh, my family back in the fifties and sixties were involved in that sector in you know on a on a local kind of a basis and they provided uh fruit and veg and all of the produce, everything from butter to uh you know, to cabbages to local hospitals and to um local businesses and that. But as time went on, supermarkets made it more and more difficult to squeeze it out because supermarkets, the distribution chains allowed those things to come you, you were suddenly competing with a much wider Uh, industry. And if you look nowadays, you're competing with completely across Europe, from Poland to Mm. to Netherlands and everywhere. But yet we have one of the highest cost bases from the point of view of a minimum wage. We have, I think, the third, maybe one of the top three minimum wages in in Europe. And there's huge amounts of produce comes out of um, the likes of Netherlands. And I think you might have had SIP2 or somebody on in recent week saying that uh, that the the differential between, say, 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds and how they are paid yeah. should be eliminated. But if you look at Netherlands, they're about €2 euro an hour lower. And the Netherlands has a huge burgeoning, you know, this has a huge industry in both flower picking uh, and vegetables and produce. You know, it's a massively productive sector. But they're very aware that you can't just lob on €2 euros onto the hourly minimum wage and not cause a major pro- problem for for a sector. Um we, we discuss it and, and, you know, you can have the likes of a to come on and say we should pay everybody 15 euros an hour. But nobody will ever question what that does to the viability of produce, growers, pickers, you know, in, in Ireland, it basically closes their business. And then the option is to take that land and put it into production of something with a low labour input, which is dairy, beef, all the things that everybody says are bad. But there's a reason that those things uh, dominate in Ireland because they're profitable and and you can you can recoup the the investment mm. and you can recoup your inputs you know your inputs now are massive in terms of seed costs fertilizers diesel etc and then you can't have some you know you, you you've got to minimize labor
2: so uh, how long in your family did you say sorry alex uh, gone out of the um the, out Probably of the sector fifth,
0: the early 70s early 70s, okay. You know, and they were selling, they, they were growing it in the fields, they were picking it, they were selling it in their own shop, they were delivering it on a wholesale yeah. basis. But th- that all fell apart with the supermarkets. And look, that's, it's convenience, that's the way the world went. But if you look at the guys left in the industry now, they are, they're enormous and they're they're a handful of people. There's a good few in North Dublin, there's some in South Kilkenny here and the, the scale of what they're, they're doing is the only reason it works. And, um, but it's it's you know um, an enormous business the idea that somebody with 50 or 60 acres can get into produce growing unless they maybe go after a niche of organic or something like mm. that. Well, but I was just still going still to say that, actually.
2: that's And and particularly during the pandemic, um, in various different discussions that we had on the show, it was something that was constantly cited. I suppose people kind of trying to make more of an effort. It is the cost, though, of the produce is is the, um, I suppose, is the, it, the huge, reason. that
0: There's a huge labour input. Like, if you look in the east of England, they had the problems with getting workers back in to pick fruit and veg. And I think consumers need to be aware as well. There was an interesting program a number of years ago in the wake of the Brexit vote uh, on Channel 4 dispatches. And what they found was that most of the veg, the fruit and veg and, and you know, the produce in the east of England was picked by Polish workers coming in from Poland. Most of the fruit and veg and the produce in Poland there was a huge number of North Korean workers, many of whom they actually believed to be slave labour. And it was a serious a problem it's a very interesting program simply because it highlights if you pick up the cheapest thing in the supermarket Hmm. Where you need is to know it coming? Where it's coming from.
2: Well, I suppose that's a huge part of what Lisa's campaign was about, uh, you yeah, know, and yeah. and that uh, that's what I thought was quite interesting about it was just to to highlight and to say to people today. I mean, we're chatting today, and people are listening to us either maybe in their office having their lunch that they've gone out and purchased, or they've brought it in with them, or they're at home today in the kitchen and they're making something to eat. And you know, if people were to, if you look around, I mean, like I, it's something I need, need to be conscious of myself. Like when you look in the in the fridge at home, what's there? Where is it come from? And could I maybe make? A little bit more of an effort to to try and buy Irish, but I know from can see from the text coming in today, like the the, the one thing everyone cites is it's the cost of often yeah. doing that.
0: Um, yeah. And you see, look, the option is you have the option to buy cheap, and then you can waste it. Supermarkets waste food, people, consumers waste food, restaurants waste food, and uh, like you often even look at portion sizes. Every restaurant, everyone feels like they're getting great value if they get a huge plate of food a third of which they leave behind on the plate.
2: Yeah, but straight to the bin. Yeah. We, we've been asking people too, Alex, to get in contact with um, restaurants or places that they know that maybe, even as as Lisa said, if you they do one dish maybe every week or every day, a daily dish that is from Irish-only produce, let us know where they are and we'll, we'll give them a shout-out here today on the programme. I'm looking for tips to try and do uh, a week at least of this month-long campaign to see what it's all about. Uh, Justina got in touch though um, from... Is it? Uh, I'll have to get you, you've just seen it, to pronounce it for me. You're. Um, <laughs> you're...
1: I yeah, we're from Drummond uh, Organic Farm up in uh, near Borden, County Brussels.
2: Okay. So you actually have farms and restaurants that do what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, yeah, exactly that, uh, pretty much. Um, so we have an organic farm. It was my uh, husband's uh, home place. We moved back 10 years. So we're farming organic beef, organic lamb, free range pork, uh, uh, organic eggs. And then we also have polytunnel, so we're growing salads and vegetables. And we supply all of our produce into our own uh, uh, with two restaurants with farm shops, uh, one in Carrick-on-Shannon and one in Strandhill. So everything we produce on the farm is being supplied
2: into those two restaurants and and little farm shops. And what's the name of the restaurant in Carrick and Strandhill? So they're both called Honestly Farm Kitchen. Honestly, farm kitchen. So, yeah. ev- every single item that's on your menu in Carrick and Strand Hill has come from the Polytunnel or the Farm?
1: Not everything. Not every single uh, item on our menu, but everything we're producing on our farm is being supplied into those restaurants.
2: And okay. So, you so, we also
1: source, source produce from other uh, Irish uh, producers or other like minded producers. Um, all of our meat that we serve in the restaurants, our beef, our chicken. Our lamb and our pork is all organic, Irish, mm-hmm. and most of it comes from our own farm. Our veg is Irish and organic in season, and then in the winter we do actually import veg, organic veg from from the Netherlands as well.
2: Yeah, if you were to do that, Justina, and you weren't the you know the the, the farm producers yourselves actually supplying the produce to the shop, I mean, like, can you give me a sense of how like how, what is the cost barrier as a as a restaurant owner to doing this?
1: So I suppose the, the reason that we we kind of uh, embarked on this project was to see whether we could make it viable to produce, uh, you know, our own produce from the farm. And then basically we knew for for the farm to be viable, uh, we knew that we had to find our own market. So we decided to have a go at creating our own market. Hence the uh, the restaurants and farm shops. I think you know supplying wholesale uh, into restaurants, it is there is a cost barrier, absolutely for sure. Um, because we control our own market, we have our own. Um, uh, customers I suppose we're cutting out a lot of middlemen in the chain so actually we think it is viable and mm-hmm. so far so far so good it's been working really well for us Good How long well, are you open? So in uh, Carrick-on-Shannon only since uh, Christmas and then here in Strand Hill uh, we've just been open a month oh, but wow so it's very we, recent Well the few restaurants are recent but we've actually been um, could sort of working on this project since 2012 we had a restaurant and farm shop in Boyle uh, for about five years uh, which we closed to open a new place in Carrick-on-Shannon. We'd actually it was an old KFC restaurant which we bought and did a job on. So it's now an organic drive-through. Uh, but we got held up by COVID. So
2: of course, the the
1: yeah. just, So we basically got delayed about two years. So we just managed to get the restaurants finally open this year. So we're delighted.
2: So so everything from the farm, the polytunnel goes into the restaurants. You obviously bring in other produce uh, then as well. I mean, is most would like how much of your menu is? You can stand over and say, you know, everything that's going out in that place from the herbs, the spices, whatever, it is Irish produce.
1: Pretty much most of it. We have our own bakery as well. So we're baking our own breads. So we're using um, some speciality Irish flours in those breads. We are importing organic flours from Europe for some of those breads as well. But the breads we're making ourselves, Uh, like I say, the salads. Vegetables we're growing ourselves. So just in winter, we're, we're finding that we do have to bring some in from Europe as well. But um, we're, I suppose the ethos of the restaurants, we cook everything from scratch. So um, there's very little on the plate then that we're actually buying in that we're not making ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm.
2: And how, I mean, how, how do you, like, is there much of a, an appetite? Are people looking for this? There is a huge
1: appetite for it. Yeah, think, you know, we have such, I think the previous caller was talking about a kind of a niche market. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make our price point affordable for people. So, you know, everybody loves the burger. So we're finding a whole range of people coming in. And I think especially uh, in the West of Ireland, where people have such a connection with the land or, you know, a farm in the family, um, people love the idea that they can, you know, that that, that the farm is just down the road. So our farm is literally 20 minutes from where we're selling the produce. But just generally speaking, and I think COVID has made a huge difference. In the last 10 years, we've seen a massive increase in interest in our provenance of the food, how it's being produced, uh, animal welfare, climate change, all of those things I think people are much more concerned about. So. Yeah. Absolutely, we have a whole... It's um, just a really, really engaged customer
2: base, which is lovely. Yeah, well, it's really interesting the number of messages coming in um, mm. from people today. Just, I suppose, giving a bit of a shout-out to places. I see Horan's Pork Shop in Athlone has been mentioned here by Mark mm. and Brian. This texture says, I try to buy a minimum of 75% of Irish groceries and supermarkets. I use my local organic farm in Wicklow Town for vegetables. It is more expensive, but I buy less of the, the stuff that I don't need, Less, um, and I have a lot less waste, says this texture. I
1: think that's exactly it you know I, I think cheap food just has has hidden costs and I think more and more people are becoming aware now of what those hidden costs might be whether that's to the nutritional value of the food we are buying whether it's to animal welfare or whether it's to the climate, uh, you know, the planet more generally, so I think it was definitely an increased awareness yeah. and much more concern these days about the food that we're buying.
2: Well, whenever I'm next on the way back home, when I'm doing the week, uh, at least I know I can stop off now and honestly, in Carrick and Shannon and Strandhill <laughs> and Sligo, uh, part of my uh, my tour of trying to just eat <laughs> Irish,
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, Irish
2: only for the week. Justina, there, listen, thanks a million, Justina, for getting in touch with us on the program. And um, keep the look, keep the suggestions coming into us five three one oh sakes we will be talking about nicknames next
0: lunchtime live with andrea gilligan brought to you by avant money weekdays at midday on news talk